Hi, everybody. Stefan Molyneux. Hope you're doing well. I'm here with Cassia, who sent me the following email. He said, first, I want to thank you for your work, which helped me a lot with my struggles. I'm very happy to hear that. He says, my name is Cassio. I'm 25 years old. I'm a civil engineer, and I'm a Brazilian. I've always been suffering from anger issues with my ex, whom I have a two-year-old son with. Since the beginning of our, con- uh, of our relationship, I've been extremely angry towards her. I've never been angry with my other exes, only with her. My anger starts with any move by her. Now we are having problems with our son, who is having aggression issues in school. This makes me very angry because I know this problem has something to do with our breakup and him being raised with separate parents. I would like to know where this is coming from and if this is normal. So you said, I think the subject will be interesting for the show because this history involves an accidental pregnancy, depression, suicide attempt by my part, her struggling after the pregnancy, masculine behavior, and a large-scale view of feminism in third-world countries. So that's, that's quite a mouthful, uh, Cassie. I really, really appreciate you calling in. How are you doing today? Yes, uh, I actually had a conversation with her, with my ex today, that got me thinking really deep about this stuff. Uh, I think I, have, uh, I should have, uh, uh, give you some background history about all of our, our history. Okay. Yes, yeah, yes. please do, yeah, and, and, let's do start, and let's start. Let's focus with your uh, your own uh, childhood, I guess, which is where I would first look for the uh, origin of these issues. Uh, okay, uh, ju- we broke up uh, around one year ago, and then I, I started to read a lot of this red pill stuff with of Rollo Tomasi and some YouTubers like. Aaron Clarys and Richard Cooper, but I I didn't found a, a, a probably a, a probably explaining about my anger issues. I know red pill stuff goes into some uh, female and, and masculine psychology, but I never found uh, something related to anger. Okay, but to explain my 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 background with her. Uh, I, I, it was in 2015. I, I, I broke up with another, another ex-girlfriend, and I, I kind of entered in a POA pickup artist uh, thing. I got, I was like a party guy, you know. Then uh, I parted a lot, like three, three, four days a week. It, it was. Exaggerate. Now, hang on. So when you say partying, you know, so, I mean, I went to discos when I was, I guess, starting about the age of 15 or so, because I always looked a little older than I was, and I loved going dancing. I danced for hours. I had a lot of club soda, <laughs> a couple of beers once in a while, but it was kind of expensive for me. So I went mostly for the dancing. I, you know, chat with women and all that. Never did very much about it. But uh, uh, is that, what is the scene like in Brazil these days for... Uh, for this kind of stuff, like, do you drink a lot? Is it is it dancing? Is it socializing? Do you hit on women a lot? How does that work? Uh, okay, uh, in Brazil, it's like a common culture to partying a lot. You know, it's it's expensive. There is place that it's uh, less expensive than another ones, but uh, in general, it's expensive. So I, I my my family is uh, it has a 
good money for, for uh, a Brazilian family, okay? So I, I could spend this kind of money in, in, in shit like that. But how do you but get the money? Get Does your family just give you like a credit card or how do you, how do you get the money from your family? Uh, my, my family has an engineer enterprise. No, no, I, know, I mean, th you don't have to get into those details. What I mean is, I mean, you're an adult. I mean, do your parents just give you buckets of cash or do you have a credit card with their name on it? Or how do you spend all this money? How do you get the money from your parents? Uh, no, I was in internship uh, and I, I, I won like a, my father gave me money by month. It's like a salary. It's, I don't know how you, how you call it. in Like an allowance? Yes, yes. But he gave you an allowance into your 20s? Yes. Why? Oh, man, it's a, it's a common culture in Brazil. I don't know. My, I mean, my aren't, friend... aren't kids supposed to grow up, become adults, and go get their own damn money? I mean, <laughs> what am I missing here? Yeah, it's, it's because uh, I didn't have money to, um, I don't know, uh, pay my bills. So my father gave me that money. But why also, didn't you have money to pay your bills? Yes, I, I, I lived in, with my grandmother at that time. So uh, he, he, he paid me to... Uh, he paid me this allowance to, I don't know, uh, have my own stuff. Like, but did you, were you in school at, at the time? Were you working? I mean, how, what was he giving you the money for? If you were in school, then I can understand a little more your parents helping you out. But were you working or... I was in internship at that time in a, in a, in the family business, and I I was in the university at that time. Oh, so you were working and you were in university. Yes. Okay, that makes certainly a little bit more uh, sense to me. But didn't your father say, like I'm just putting myself as if I were your father, I'd say, you know, I'm happy to give you money if you're working and you're going to university. But you can't be out drinking three or four nights a week because that's going to impact your studies. That's going to impact the quality of the job that you can do that I'm paying you for. Yes. Yeah, so, uh, now that I'm a father, I, I, I can agree with that. But he didn't. But Yes, he didn't. he didn't. Was your father absent a lot during your childhood? Uh, kind of, it, it's, uh, well, my, my parents got divorced when I was like 12 years old. Okay. So, uh, I lived with my mom, the, the divorce laws in Brazil are similar to us or Canada. And I lived with my mom, but I, I don't get really well with my mom, you know? Right. So I, I asked if I could live with my father, then I start to live with, with him. But I had problems with my stepmom as well. So uh, I started to live with my grandmother. You know, it's a very counterbate family background. Now, so, can, I, can I guess something here? Yes. You got along best with your grandmother. Yes. Right. How did sure. I know that? I don't know, man. <laughs> because because uh, your grandmother would have been raised pre or before feminism. Yes, yes. So she would be sure. reasonable, helpful, productive, yes. useful. 
yeah, she was very supportive and and uh, when 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 I lived with my father, my stepmom really kind of uh, I don't know she 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 like she she would really like to start fights with me, you know. And yeah, um, women don't women don't have to be agreeable if they get their money from the state. Then they don't have to be that nice, right? And um, you, you know you don't buy. You don't buy flowers and chocolates for the prostitute you're already paying for. So they don't have to be supportive of their men. They just have to support politicians by voting for them. And they can be as nasty as they want. The consequence being never that they're thrown out on their ass and have to learn how to be nice uh, before they're let back in. Yes. So the, the, she was like kind of envy with, with me and my brothers uh, in, in relation with, uh, with us uh and with my father you know she was envy about our relationship with my father something like that and my father Wait, your mother uh, was envious of your relationship with your father my mom yeah you yes, said my, sorry i just missed who was envious of your relationship with your father yes my stepmom oh your stepmother i'm so sorry your stepmother was okay yes. right okay and my father uh were ne uh, was ne neglecting us and me, you know. Like she, she, he would accept everything that my stepmom would want him to do right. with us, you know. So my my life becomes a a hell at that time, and I was during a difficult period because in Brazil to get into public universities. Uh, which are the best in Brazil uh, in a reputation manner, you know. Uh, you you need to to have a text a test, yeah, like a with eighty questions and something like that. And it it's only one it's only one weekend of the year, and during that weekend, uh, she she fight with me and. I don't know if I can say because it it would be too long, but she fighted with me, and uh, that that was enough. And my grandmother was watching this and already knew about this this kind of problem, and she she told me to live with her. And after that, I I, I live it with her, you know. So my grandmother is like a mom for me. Well. That's kind of an insult to your grandmother, given that your mom wasn't very nice. But she was your your female role model or your female bond, right? Yeah, yes. So let's go back to when you were a kid, okay. early on. So you say your parents divorced at 12. Yes. What was it like for you? Like, were they not getting along as, as long as you can remember? Or did it get worse when you hit puberty? And it's funny, because I hear this all the time. People say, oh, my parents hung it out. Then when I hit puberty... Particularly for the boys, the marriage falls apart. And there's probably reasons for that. We can maybe get into them. But what was it like for you earlier on as a child in your family? Okay. Uh, so I, I have good memories of my, my, my childhood. But uh, I, I don't remember. Okay. Then, then suddenly they, my parents started to fight a lot during a, uh, during a, a time. And uh, How old were you then? I I think I was 
eight years old, seven years old, something like that. Was it like eight. one day in the next, if you remember, or was it slow, this transition? It it was uh, it was suddenly, you know, but it was uh, frequently. It was fighting frequently. Do you uh, have like, any idea what happened during that time phase? Yes, I have. My, affair? Uh, Did your dad have an affair? Uh, no, no, uh, he didn't. But my father said that, you know, my mom has dad issues, you know, and uh, my grandfather. Uh, by by her side of family, uh, she, he 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 cheated on my grandmother, so it it kind of uh, had a trauma in my mom. So then bringing back to my history, uh, my mom was a was a really difficult person to live with because she she can't trust men, you know. Well, hang on, but you said until you were eight, they got along fairly well, right? Yes. So what changed? Not, not so well. So my father, my father said that uh, they, 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 they started to fight in some periods, but the, it really got worse when they, they went to a therapy, a couple therapy, you know? Oh. And right. my father said that uh, my mom was telling some childhood problems with uh, her father, which is my, my grandfather. And uh, <laughs> she said that my, my mom tried to hit my grandfather. And the therapist uh, gave her a compliment by that. My father said that after this, the relationship went really, really hard. So, hang on. so your it, mother was uh, talking about hitting her father and the therapist basically said, you go girl or good for you or something like that. Yes, exactly. exactly. <sighs> well, that's not good. Yeah. So my, my mom, so the, the, the my parents uh, really fighted a lot and they got divorced. Okay. That was so, the, so the they were getting along not too badly. They go to couples yes. counseling, they fight like crazy, and then they get divorced. Yes. Good job, counselor. <laughs> yes. Oh. I, I did a therapy, too, with my ex, and it, it, it didn't went well <laughs> as well. <laughs> I did try it once, though not in my marriage, but I did try it once, and uh, it, was, it was terrible. <laughs> it was terrible. Because I, I was paying all the bills and I was having, you know, I wasn't that happy about it. And uh, we went to couples counseling and I, I brought all this stuff up and the couples counselor was, well, you know, you just, you just have to learn to work these things out. Like just useless stuff that you could pick up from a fortune cookie that has no value, no value judgments, nothing whatsoever. It's just generically, well, why, why doesn't everyone just get along? <laughs> that is not yes. therapy, man. That is not therapy yes. as far as I can tell. <laughs> yes. So things really got really bad, and and I remember some uh, some f really hard fights. Like my mom tried to hit my father as well. I, I remember. Like I remember. the therapist praised her, right? For yes, yeah. yes, yeah. So this is the the background, uh, and uh, after that, I I, I lived with my mom, 
and my mom it's a really difficult person because uh, she she's a um, I don't know. She, she she doesn't like men, you know, and and she she was like very hot and cold and with the treatment uh, with me and my brother, you know, and so, so she's it, moody, right? Yes, yes, I think so. She, she w- one day she wanted me to do I don't know uh, one stuff, and and the other day she. she she would like to me to do a, another totally different stuff, you know. Oh yeah, so, my mom used to ground me and then want to go out for a movie. I mean, it was crazy. Yes, my mom also uh, hit me, hated me a lot. At what age? Yeah, like punched me, you know. I don't know this expression in English. She punched me a lot. She punched. How old were you when that started? Do you remember? Like, like. 12 years old, uh, right, right after the, the divorce. Huh. Well, a therapist had praised her hitting men and you were becoming a man. So then you get hit next, right? It's not to blame yeah, the therapist. Your mom's still responsible, but the therapist, to my view, sure as hell didn't help. Yes, it, I think so. And I'm, I'm remembering uh, some episodes of my life. And after... After w- one fight with I had with her, that she really hit me hard. That my my father even uh, went to the police to make a like a call. I don't know the name in English. Yeah, to like, what is it? To uh, was it to press charges or to register that she'd hit you or something like that? Yes, yes, it, it's it. And then after that, I went to live with my father. Yeah, yeah. Did she hit you enough to like make you bleed or, or loosen a tooth or leave a mark or black eye or? Leave a mark, leave a mark. So she's and violent. Yeah, she, she kind of um, mental inst- unstable, you know? Yeah. Okay, well, let me ask you this, though, because this mental instability is a, is a way of taking agency or taking responsibility away from someone. So yes. one of the big insights with my mom was that she'd be, like, screaming at me at the top of her lungs and threatening me or whatever, right? And then the phone would ring. And she'd think it'd be one of her trashy guys that she wanted to fasten onto and suck the financial life out of or something. And she'd go from screaming at me at the top of her lungs to picking up the phone and saying, Hi! It's me. You know, like, sugar and spice and all things nice. Now, that to me was a wake-up moment. The moment I really, really saw that and got that. Because it meant that my mother was not crazy. She was just lazy. In other words, she indulged in her bad moods. But then, when she wanted something from someone, she could switch her mood to being nice right away. I... I just wasn't enough of an incentive for her to be nice. Mostly because I guess she thought I could never leave. <laughs> Jokes on you. But when you see someone who's abusive immediately switch over to being nice when there's some social cue that puts them in that mindset, then you see 
Let my, I said so, you know, because when, you know, my mom was screaming at me, like her face all distorted and she was waving things or threatening to throw things at me or whatever, she looks completely out of control. And you say, wow, you know, she's really possessed by this crazy stuff. But when she then reins it in, tamps it down, and becomes perfectly normal in the space of about half a second because she feels like it or it's to her advantage to be nicer, then you realize she's not crazy. She's just lazy. She's just taking out frustration. She's letting herself vent. She's, you know, because she has power over me. Because I was like, I think I was like 11 or 12 when I first, I really first saw this and, and, and knew it. So okay. that's why when you say, well, my mom was crazy, I, I can't remember the phrase that you used, but oh, mentally unstable. It's like, was she though? Because if she's mentally unstable, if it's kind of like, I don't know if you know the word Tourette's, you know, when people just spew out this um, profanity against their will or something like epilepsy. Like epilepsy is not generally socially conditioned. Like you can't say, well, I'll have epilepsy in front of my kids, but if a neighbor comes by, I won't have my epilepsy. It's like diabetes. You, you can't have diabetes unless there's a policeman nearby. So when it comes to the abuse of children, the question is always, 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 the question is, did your mother ever abuse you in a situation where she might face some real sanctions, some real negative feedback? Did she abuse you in front of a teacher? Did she abuse you in front of a cop? Did she abuse you in front of family members? Did she abuse you at work? Did she abuse you in company? And if the answer to that is no, then she wasn't crazy. She wasn't mentally unstable. She was just a fucking bully. Oh, yes, yes. She, she, she didn't do that in front of other people. She could perfectly control her level of abuse, like sliding up and down dial, like turning up and down a stereo. She could perfectly control her level of abuse as she saw fit. It's just that your average random stranger was worth not abusing you because the average random stranger might call the cops or whoever or look at her badly. So just about everyone in the world was worth not abusing you, except for you. Except for what you wanted, except for you preferred, except for what you needed, which was, you know, like to not be fucking abused, right? So this is really, really important because what we generally do is we work backwards and we say, well, that was abuse, you know, but she was kind of unstable. She was all over the map. She was moody. It's like, no, she wasn't. She self-indulged in moodiness because you had no power. But when other people had power and she might face some negative consequences for her moodiness, then she wasn't moody, right? She was probably perfectly pleasant. And this is the weird chameleon nature of some people, maybe a little bit more female than male, which is this shapelessness to the personality. There's no form. It's like a gas. It's like a vapor. It's like not even as solid as a liquid. And it's like, oh, well, it's bad for me to abuse my kid when this person's around, so I'm going to be perfectly pleasant and perfectly nice. Oh, that person's left? Mm. You know, it's like it's not even the same person, but there's no form to the personality. There's just conformity to whatever power structures are out there. Yes, I never really think about it in that way. Well, I'm right, mm. though, aren't I? Yes, definitely right. So it's 100% responsible. 
listen, if your mom had epilepsy and, and, and occasionally she'd spill things on you, you'd have sympathy. Even if she spilt something hot on you or whatever and it was the first time, real sympathy. Like, wow, that's terrible, right? Okay. But if she hid the abuse from everyone, then she fucking knew how not to abuse you immediately and perfectly. She just didn't feel like restraining herself when it was just you or just you and your brother. Yes. Yes, definitely right. So, what happened in your teens? You uh, ended up, bounced your mom, bounced your dad, landed with your grandmom. When did the suicide attempts kick up and, and what brought them on, do you think? Uh, okay, uh, so, uh, 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 I met my ex in one of these clubs, you know. I was partying. It's one. It's it was in uh, Wednesday, you know, and I met her in the club during that night, and I I, sli I slept with her in the same night. Hopefully, and, not uh, at the club. No, no, it was another. That's, that's pretty scary, man. There's sticky bathrooms. Um, now, when you first saw your ex. What attracted you to her? Now, it's a nightclub, so I've got some idea it wasn't her fine rendition of Proust. But what was it? Was it just physical, like she was just sexy or, or pretty or hot, or was that the major thing? Yes, definitely. She, she was pretty, not the prettiest one of the club, but she, she was prettiest. I started to talk to her. Wait, wait, <laughs> you said she wasn't the prettiest, but she was the prettiest? Maybe no, I no, heard something. She was there. the prettiest one of the club, but she she was pretty. She was pretty. Okay, like one to ten, what would you call her? Just looks. A seven and a half. All right. That seems like a relatively low number to to make these kinds of mistakes with. But where, where would you uh, put yourself uh, in that one to ten? And I think I'm a. Uh, Seven and a half as well. All right. But you're a seven and a half with money and connections and good family in Brazil, right? So. Yes. So that would put you up quite a bit, right? Yes, yes. Okay. I, I think so. I think so. And how did you, I mean, was this common practice for you to meet with a girl at a club and, and, and sleep with her the same night? Yes, it was. Oh, Gross. Yes. Did you, did you, I mean, you don't have to answer this. I'm just curious. Did you ever get an STD? Did you ever have a psycho? Did you ever have a pregnancy scare? No, because during that crazy uh, lifestyle, I, I was a kind of res responsible. Uh, just to share that night history, uh, I was uh, I went with her to a motel, you know, and. I, I bring, I, I've always bring a condom with me. And in that night, she told me to not use the condom during the first night. She told My, you to not use the condom. Yes, because she... Red flag, red flag, red flag. Yes. I mean, yes, we're, the, we're halfway down to a display of missiles by Chairman Mao at this point. Yes, my, my, my thought at that day was... Oh man, she, she she would really she would never 
uh, would want to have a kid with a stranger, you know. Newsflash, But, she might not be a virgin. Yes. So I didn't use it. And She's probably had more meat got, run through her than a German sausage factory. Yeah, then she got pregnant. Wait, 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 uh, hang on, hang on. Then she got pregnant. You said you used a condom, bro. No, no, I, I didn't use it. I didn't use oh, it. Oh, so she said, I want to go raw dogging, right? Do me bareback, do me no condom. And you're like, sure. And then you did, and she got pregnant. Yes, in the did first she, night. Did she know? Like in the conversation that you had before you went to the motel and you went in without a scuba suit, did you mention by, by chance that your family had money? No, no, I, 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 I didn't say that. But at that time, I said about my profession because uh, she asked me. Then I think she made the points, you know, connect the dots. Oh, and your profession was a money-making profession. Yes, uh, I, I was in an internship of civil engineer. All right, right. Now, did uh, did you like wear nice clothes? Did you have an expensive watch? I mean, was there some? Did you drive? Did you like? Did, was there some indication that you had money? Because you would have more money than most students in Brazil, I assume. I think my clothes are, are, are above average, and uh, I I I bought a lot of. Of drink, expensive drinks at that, at that night, you know. So you were flashing your money and flashing your education. Yes. And she's like, have sex with me without a condom, Mr. Money. <laughs> yes, I, I, I think so. It was so fast. I don't know if she realized that. I don't know. So when you said you were responsible in your irresponsibility, well, I guess it only takes one slip up, right? You only have to get one ball past the goalie so to speak yes definitely so you had sex with her that night and then what happened then she got pregnant at that well, hang on, no but but did you did you want to see her again did you exchange numbers i don't know how the pickup culture works these days i mean normally do you just never talk to the girl again or what yes we exchanged numbers and uh i dated her for about uh two months after that night And did you have more unprotected sex with her? Uh, no. No. No, because, I mean, that would be crazy. Yes. Were you drunk when you first did it with her? Yes, yes. Ah, I right. Was. Well, that's going to... It's a disinhibitor, as they say, right? So it lowers your observing ego. Caution, I. I have Sauron yes. goes to sleep. Child of demon emerges. Um, now... So you're dating her for about two months now. Were you still going clubbing together? Were you dating exclusively? Were you still sleeping with other club hoes or what? Uh, I was dating exclusive uh, with her at that time. And were you getting But along? Then, yes. We, no, we, of course we, you were. We, you still wanted something, right? Okay. Yes, we, we, we get along well. But I, I didn't uh, think about her uh, of, uh, I don't know, girlfriend material, you know? Why not? Because I, I slept with her in the first night, you know? And it's funny how men can have these standards, right? I'm not saying it's fair, but it's just a fact. Right? So men can have these standards where it's like, yeah, great. 
I'll sleep with you on the first date, but man, that makes you pretty trashy. <laughs> I mean, it's just funny, right? Because it makes you both pretty trashy. Frankly, it's just that men don't often see it that same way because it's more like, woo, high five the testicles, right? Yes, yes. Yeah, that's okay. right. Now, so two months, you're dating, you're dating, and it's, you just, you aren't sleeping with other, now does she, is she, does she think you're her boyfriend now? Uh, if, if I'm, I don't know, I don't know, actually, let, let me bring you the whole history, uh, story, so uh, I stopped talking with her, my grandmother uh, had cancer at that time, and she, she died, so well, I went well, to well. a... Oh, so she, sorry, your grandmother had cancer, I mean, obviously, over these two months, right? It's usually a fairly lengthy process, right? So she had cancer, and then she died in this two-month period? No, no, she, she already had cancer in, like, three months before, but uh, she was 80 at, at that time, 80 years old at that time. So uh, during these two months, uh, with me bonding with uh, my ex... My grandmother died, and I, I spent some time uh, sad, and you know. Of course, yeah, it's my sympathies for that for sure. Yes, I, I I didn't want to talk to anyone. To went out, and so I stopped talking with her. Then after that, well, three sorry, months, did you stop talking with her because she? I mean, that's a lot to put on a month-old relationship, like the death of your, in a sense, primary caregiver or your major female. Um, maternal yes. unit so it is tough you know even good relationships can be damaged sometimes irreparably or irrevocably just because a tragedy far more powerful than the relationship can handle in its young state hits that startup situation so um was how was she with all of this was she like yeah 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 let's just go to a disco or was she like you know tell me more and i'd like to get to know how you feel about this or what uh I, I, I said that my grandmother has died at that time. She went to the funeral, uh, wow. but we didn't uh, we didn't um, we didn't continue to pair bonding, you know. Wait, so, but she she came to the funeral. Yes. And how yes. long after you first slept together was your grandmother's funeral? Uh, two months. After. Oh, so this is right before she told you she was pregnant. She came to your grandmother's funeral. No, no, she didn't tell that she was pregnant at that time. You okay. know, because it's we, kind of a we big deal to take a woman to your grandmother's funeral, right? Like that's that's more than just dating, right? Yes, I, I talked with her, but I didn't. I, I, I wasn't expecting her to go to the funeral. She she went to. Oh, you asked her, her to be polite, kind of thing. Yes, but at that time she knew that she was pregnant, but I didn't know. She didn't told me, you know. Did you notice that she wasn't drinking? What? Sorry? Did you notice that she wasn't drinking? I hope she wasn't drinking if she was pregnant. I, I yes, she wasn't drinking, but I didn't know. I didn't know at that time. Uh, Boy, you're we, not we very good at the alarm bell situation, are you? Yeah, this girl I had unprotected sex with is at a social engagement where there's alcohol. She's not drinking, huh? Yes, but uh, uh, in these two months, we we dated like four times. You know, it wasn't that much. You know. Oh, so you only saw each other four times? 
Yes, in, during this two months period. Ah, okay. Okay, then after the funeral, uh, I spent like two months without talking to her. And then did she you break came. up or just you didn't return her calls or did she not call you or what? Yes, we, we, we ghosted each other, you know. After the funeral? Yes. Okay. And then two months after the funeral, she came with the with a call. Suddenly, yeah. And she told me that that she told me that she was pregnant and I could be the father. Ooh. She didn't know who was the father. You know? Ah, modern life. Then So uh, then you're I, like doing that Tom Lycus quadruple finger cross, you know, like you're some blues guitar player warming up or something. All right. Yes, definitely. Then she told me that I was kind of the lover for her because she had uh, a more uh, a more deep relationship with another guy, you know. You were the side piece. Yes, I was the side. She was 25 at that time and I was uh, 22 at that time. And the guy was like 30 at that time, you know. So uh, during the conversation, uh, which she revealed me the pregnancy, I I was really supportive uh, with her. I said, "No, if if you are pregnant, I I will try to do my best. I will be a really good father." But then in the next day, I I was thinking, "Man, I was the <laughs> I am the lover." <laughs> And w- why did she she call the guy to do the test, you know? Wait, because why did, did she or didn't she? No, she, she, she asked me to do the test and she didn't call the her boyfriend at that time to do the test, you know? Well, how do you know? Because she told me. Okay, how do you know? So, uh, I mean, this does not strike me as a particularly honorable woman. So, how do you know yes. she's telling you the truth about anything? Yes, I didn't know. Right. So, uh, I, I, I said I, that this the anger starts because uh, I was like, why, why, do, why did I have to do the test if uh, the guy has the most probably uh, is the, the has more chance to be the father, you know, and uh, well, I can I can tell you why if you want. It's because yeah, you it's have like, the no. potential to make more money. So usually, when a woman who's pregnant, assuming that the test is not around, this is how women's instincts had developed. So, assuming that a woman is pregnant and has had more than one lover in the time period, she then looks around and pretty much she's not that interested in who the actual father is, she's interested in who can bring her the most resources. So in the competition between you, the 22-year-old, and the 30-year-old, you, as the 22-year-old, I'm sure she'd Googled your family and and figured out that you came from money, and that this 30-year-old guy who was dating some loose, skanky, bajo 25-year-old is not a high-quality guy. So she's like, oh, well, there's more resources with you uh, rather than this other guy, so I'm, I'm going with Casio. Yes, he was like a waiter, you know. <laughs> right. 
Right. So she's like, okay, here's a civil engineer for money or a waiter. Huh. I think, I think it's the, I think the civil engineer is the father. Yes. I believe that is the case. <laughs> Come on. I mean, I don't mean to laugh, but you, you got to understand how this kind of thinking goes. Yes. Yes. So I said to her, no, no, uh, the guy will do the test. I'm, I'm not going, I'm not going for the test. So, okay, well, but the problem well, is, unless you actually see the test, you have to then take her word about the test, right? Yes. Yeah, that was a problem. It wouldn't so, have been as much of a problem if you'd have taken the test and said, I'm going with you to the doctor or whoever it is to, to get the results of the test uh, because I'm not going to trust you. Oh, no, this is stuff, right? Yes. It was a dark period because I was really messed up, you know. Oh, yeah. The, Terrifying. The, the whole situation was terrifying, as you, you know, said. You know, it's uh, 18 minutes of pleasure and 18 years of bills. Yes, exactly. So the guy did a test and it, it was negative for, for him. Now, obviously. how do you know it was negative for him? She told she you? Sent me, she, she told me. She told me and I was my... my uh, my con conscience, I don't know the name, uh, was really bad at that time. I, I was feeling like a bad guy, you know, to not doing the test, for not doing the test. Had you talked to your family about this at all? No. But after she said that I was the father, I really gave her uh, my confidence and I assumed it. And I told my family, and they were very supportive. They were really supportive at that time. Well, I don't know, supportive is the right phrase at that point. At that point, don't you just lawyer up and try and make sure that you are, in fact, the father? Because, I mean, if she was sleeping with you, no reason why she couldn't have been sleeping with five or ten other guys. Yes. So and I think she the idea that you're the father, how does she know that? If she just claims to have eliminated one guy. Yes, I, I don't know, man, what, what I was thinking at that no, period. No, but this is but... something that your, your, well, your parents should have been all over this to begin with. But anyway, um, so do you know if you're the father in terms of like you've actually done the test and seen the results? Yes, I've done the test uh, one year after this and uh, he is my son okay all right so you did the test and you had the results and you weren't told this by her but you got it directly from the doctor and all that yes uh, it, it was i did a test before we broke up you know guys uh, after we broke up and uh i don't know man I, I was crazy at that time. I, I, I gave my confidence to her. You mean, you, mean your trust? you gave, you trusted her? Yes, yes, my trust. But she was right in that it has now been objectively proven that you're the father, right? Yes, yes. Okay. You, you, so you won the swimming I... race. Oh, sorry? You won the swimming race, so to speak. I'm sure you weren't the only <laughs> yes. sperm in there churning around looking for the big old egg. Yes. Okay, yes. so did you talk with her about getting married or, or trying to have a relationship or, or, or something like that? 
Yes, after after the the after she told me that I was the father, I, I we 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 get along to uh, meet each other with our families, you know, and go to the doctor. Yeah, you know. And what was her family like? Sorry. What was her family like? Her family is totally broken, <laughs> you know. Uh, he lives. Uh, she she lived with her mother and her brother at that time, right? And uh, they were really they they treated me well at that at that period. And with this kind of uh, thing happening, we we started to to be. Uh, to be in a relationship again, you know, we we we, we got him in a relationship two two months before the birth of my my son, and we spent two in years uh, two 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 years and a half after that. Uh, now, together. did any of your suicide? Where, where did your suicide attempts show up in here? Okay, it was the it was in the. Uh, Final part of the relationship, you know. Oh, okay. Because so when you you were together for how long? Two years and a half. Okay. And uh, you know the relationship uh, didn't uh, really went well, you know. And I got depression during this time because what was uh, what was what was bad about it? Because uh, I I I went through a path. Uh, a rough path of uh, purpose in life, you know, because I, like my dream was to have a family and a, like a perfect family, you know. Yeah, get married and, and plan it well and, and all of that, right? Not just end up cornered by an umbilical cord around your nutsack. Yes, and, and uh, after the birth of my son, uh, she went totally cold, my ex, you know. She didn't treat me well, uh she, she, I, I, I feel like I was a plow horse, you know. Well, After here's the, the thing, you know, this is something that's kind of confusing for men. Okay. Because male sexuality, there's there's lots of complicated about men, but sexuality is not actually one of those things. Male sexuality is you like having sex because you like having sex, but female sexuality is very different, in my opinion. Okay. So, for women who are hypersexual, like who are putting out unprotected sex on the first date, right? That's, that's a stupid thing for men to do. It's a stupid thing for women. It's much stupider for women because women get hit more with STDs. You could turn out to be a total jerk who would simply stonewall her legally so that you didn't have, have to have anything to do with your kid. Or, like you, it's such a ridiculously bad decision for a woman, that for a woman to give up her vagina to a man while drunk, she just met first date in some seedy motel. That is not an act of lust. That is an act of self-hatred. That is an act of self-contempt. Now, it wasn't for you because you're a man. So it's like, yeah, sex is great, right? It's like that old Jerry Seinfeld line, I've I've had a bad orgasm, but never really had a bad orgasm. But for women, sexuality is much more complicated because the consequences for women and for female sexuality is so much more 
deep and wide and complicated for, for women. So, so it's not surprising to me that a woman, the relationship started off hypersexual, that she went totally cold because her having sex with a guy on the first date is because she hates herself. You understand? Now, for a man, that's not the case. You can not hate yourself and want to have sex on the first date. And, and I think psychologically, men, it's not great. It's not great. Don't get me wrong. But okay. we're a bit more bulletproof as far as that stuff goes. But for a woman to have unprotected sex on the first date is an act of self-contempt. It's an act of self-hatred. She doesn't like sex. She just doesn't like herself to the point where she'll use sex to gain attention and to get resources. If a woman doesn't think she has anything to offer you, except the V in her vagina, the V, there are a pair of scissors and they're going straight for your nuts. I'm telling you straight up, man. You know this, right? So the fact that she's like, okay, I don't like sex, but I'm willing to use it to get male attention. Well, now that I've got you locked in, now that I've got a kid, well, then her contempt for sex, her dislike for sex comes out because she's already got you, right? So it's like if you're buying a car, you haggle with the dealer to get a better price or, or a house or whatever, right? You haggle with, with the dealer to get a better price. But when you get the car home, you don't keep haggling because it's already done. So for a woman, if she's using sex to get your attention, to get your resources, that's an act of contempt for you. It's an act of contempt for sex. It's an act of contempt for herself. So once she gets those resources, she doesn't want to have sex. Why? Because it reminds her of her self-contempt, of her emptiness. Men don't, I may be really rich and famous men know this, but men don't really understand what it is, the power that you have when you have a vagina. Like, it's really, really hard for men to really understand this. And with that power comes great responsibility. If a woman mis misuses the power of sexuality, she pays a higher price than a man does because female sexuality is more valuable, is more powerful, is more complicated, and is more required to bond with a man. So the fact that she dried up like a fast forward, Cretaceous Sahari forward, Sahara forward, is not too surprising to me because my guess is she didn't like sex at all. Like women will say they like sex if they're really disturbed and dysfunctional. They'll say they like sex because then the man is like, whoa, great, lots of sex, woohoo. But if you get a lot of sex at the beginning of the relationship, well, you're not gonna get much later because it is an act of self-contempt. If the woman is restrained and the woman wants to get to know you and has a three-month rule or a six-month rule or until we get married rule or whatever it is, well, you're not gonna get as much sex at the beginning but the woman has a positive relationship to sexuality and understands the power of sexuality. And so you're going to get a lifetime of great sex. It's uh, one of these deferral of gratification things. So I just wanted to kind of mention that doesn't surprise me much at all. I'd be surprised if it was otherwise. The, the nymphos turn to the ice queens like that. Oh, okay. So uh, I wasn't happy in the relationship. So... I, 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 I thought that if I stayed in the relationship, I would be sad the rest of my life. And uh, Wait, if I'm got... sorry, I'm sorry to interrupt you because you're just in the middle of saying something, but I don't, 
So she was cold. Was it all kinds of affection, just sexuality? Did she not talk to you? Did she not want to be in the room with you? Like how big a distance are we talking here after your son was born? Yeah, she, she it, it, I had a distanced relationship, you know, like uh, she didn't treat me well at all. Uh, we didn't have conversations. Uh, she really got cold, you know, in all aspects. Do you think she was suffering from depression after the baby was born? No, I don't know. She was really happy to have a child. She, she, she even said that she, she wanted to have a child at that time. What, what was her education? He, she had a good education in Brazil. Like she had a, she went to private schools. What was she educated in? Uh, she, she did uh, journalism in university. She did journalism. Yeah. So she's a leftist. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of. She's a feminist, not a hardcore one. But she's a feminist. Wow, that's bad. Yeah, and also and now, she of course had... you didn't know she was a feminist when you had unprotected sex with her while drunk on the first date. Now, did you? No. <laughs> See, no. that's why you got to get to know people. I mean, I'm sorry. This is like, it's not that helpful for you, but this is a conversation that goes out to the world. You've got to get to know people before you have sex with them. You have to. It's essential. Not having knowledge of people before you have sex with them is literally like driving blindfolded. You might make it, but if you do, you didn't deserve it. Yes, you. I agree with your opinion. Totally. Okay, so she's cold. And of course, as a leftist and as a feminist, she has no knowledge or appreciation of the need of your son for a father. So she has no need to keep you around or to be nice or to satisfy you or to keep you happy. And I, look, listen, this all sounds um, like love is just transactional, which it kind of is. Yes. It kind of is. And I'll just, for people who are troubled by this, who have this Hallmark card sentimental view of love, it's kind of like this. Yes. You need to have leverage in a relationship. And just to take a simple example, there's two restaurants side by side. One of them gets no subsidies from the government and the guy's invested his life savings into the restaurant and is desperate for it to succeed. The other restaurant right next to it gets 100% of its bills paid for by the government. And the guy's just making a fortune. He, you know, So one of them is really going to care about the customers and the other one doesn't give a shit about the customers because... Their bills are all paid for by the government. Now, you can say, well, maybe the first guy is a terrible businessman, and maybe the second guy just really wants to create a great customer experience despite the fact that all his bills are being paid for by the government. It's like, yeah, well, no. That's not how things work. You have leverage as a customer in the first restaurant. You go in, you put down your money, you're making them succeed as a business. If you don't go in and you tell other people it's a bad restaurant, or you do go in, you don't like it or whatever, they are really, they need you 
they need you. Now, you need them too because you got to eat, right? So, but they need you and that's mutually beneficial, right? In the second restaurant, they don't need you. In fact, you're kind of an inconvenience because the waiters can sit all there playing cards. They get paid no matter what. They don't want to get up and wobble hot soup over to a table and and they don't want to go on a coffee patrol and refill everyone's coffees and they don't want to deal with people who say the soup is too cold or the bread is too wet or the goose is overdone or whatever, right? They just want to sit there playing cards, check their phones and surf the internet a bit, watch some videos. And so in the first restaurant, you open the door and you go in and they're like, yay, how can I help you? How can I help you? How can I make your meal experience fantastic? And in the second restaurant, you go in and they're like, oh, God, a customer. And they'll be all kinds of passive aggressive to you. I mean, they'll serve you probably. They're not going to not serve you. But, you know, they're going to be slow. They're going to be lazy. They're going to be difficult because they don't want you to come back. The first restaurant where the guy's got his ass on the line financially, he desperately wants you to come back because it's... Hard enough to get the first customer, but getting repeat customers is a whole lot easier. So in the first business, they need you. They want you. And you need to want them. In the second business, they want to get rid of you. So the second business is your girlfriend, right? Because she doesn't need you for money. She certainly doesn't need you to be there for money because she can just run to the government and get the government to compel you to give her money. And she doesn't know and understand and appreciate how essential a father is for the healthy raising of a child. Because she's been indoctrinated with all of this bullshit about patriarchy and toxic masculinity and cisgender privilege and whatever it is, right? All this garbage. And she probably has been indoctrinated to the point where deep down she might think that your son is better off without you. So she doesn't need you for money. She doesn't need you to raise her son, your son, together. So you're just in the way. And so she's going to act like the waiters in the shitty restaurant that gets paid by the government and doesn't need any customers. She's going to act in a way that's going to drive you away no matter what. Because you're just kind of in the way. You're just kind of inconvenient like customers in a socialized restaurant. Does that make any sense? Yes, totally. Uh, during the relationship, she she didn't uh, let me educate my son. You know, it was really hard to, because when I gave my opinion, she totally dismissed it and uh, didn't didn't want me to to educate him. It Can was you think clear. of an example? Uh, for example, my son had a problem. In the beginning of uh, his development, she yeah, he 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 screamed uh, really high when he wanted something, you know. Uh, like for example, uh, if he want he wanted uh, to get out of uh, his bedroom, for example. He would scream really hard, and in my opinion, I I would not leave him of the bedroom because. Well, you wouldn't leave was, him in the bedroom. Yes, but uh, 
for him to learn that if he screams, uh, he wouldn't uh, have what he wants, you know? How old And, is he? Like one year old. Why shouldn't he get, okay, why shouldn't he get what he wants when he's a year old? Because at that time, uh, we, we live it with, uh, with her mother, you know? And, uh, well, <laughs> the, his grandmother did everything to please him, you know? So he became a, a I don't know the expression in English, but... A, spoiled? In English. Yes, spoiled. Yes, definitely. So, but didn't your uh, grandmother try to please you as well? No, no. Uh, yes, but... But um, how can I say, man? Uh, okay, let, let's, so this is too, let's go back earlier, right? Let's go okay. back earlier. So he's born, and your wife, I guess, has finished her education, or your girlfriend, sorry, has finished her education. And yes. does she stay home with your son? No, she worked. Why? Because she... Oh, because she she's a feminist, right? So staying at home is like handmaiden's tale, barefoot, pregnant, you know, actually providing for the child that you brought into this world, breastfeeding him, giving him comfort, eye contact, skin contact, and basically implanting empathy and self-esteem in him. Well, that's bullshit because somewhere out there, there's some stupid government made up bullshit affirmative action job to be not done. Yes. All right? Yes. Yes. So, so how long after he was born... Did she go back to work? Like five months after the the birth. Okay, that's better than some. Did, did she not? I don't know what, what it's like in Brazil. Does there is there like paid maternity leave or something like that? Uh, yes, the 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 the, the, oh man, the employer uh, has to pay the salary, the full salary. During the maternity period. Now, how long is that? Five months. Oh, okay. All right. All right. So, at uh, five months, what happened to your son? Yes, she, she, he started to develop this screaming problem. No, no, no. Hang on. What does she do? Was, was he raised by your grandmother or her grandmother or, or what happened? Uh, we, we leave him with a um, babysitter. A babysitter? Who, who's that? It's, uh, it's a woman who takes care of the, your, your child. No, no, no. I understand that, but I know what the word babysitter means. Who was the babysitter? Like, was she a relative? Was she just someone in, down the street? Was she someone off the internet? Was she someone who had 10 other kids? Like, who, who was she? Uh, she was an employee of my, my house, you know. Like a maid? Yes, yes, definitely. And how did, was your, was your girlfriend breastfeeding for the five months? No, no. She was breastfeeding like two months. Why did she stop? Because it was an inconvenient activity for her. Oh. Inconvenient. Yeah, how, how convenient was this baby to you, but you got to stick around for 18 years But she can't fucking breastfeed for more than two months. Christ almighty. Yes. Some women have become so useless. 
in the span of like 30 years or 40 years. Like all of the accumulated value and utility of women raising kids, running households, running companies, I don't care. They've just been turned into like petty, selfish, useless. I mean, did she cook? No. Did she know how to run a household? No. Did she pay your bills? No. Did she even write the checks that you used to pay the bills? No. What did she do? <laughs> she she worked and had her money to spend like in clothes and, and stuff. Well, that's good for the taxpayer and good for the clothing industry. It's not so fucking good for the next generation. All right. So she stopped breastfeeding after two months, and then he what? He switched to formula? Yes, yes. Do you know that breast milk comes out differently if it's a boy than if it's a girl? And formula doesn't differentiate. Yes. You're giving gender-neutral powder to your kid instead of hormonally optimized male-friendly breast milk. So she goes back to work. Some babysitter takes care of your of your son. Now, do you know how good this babysitter was? Did you have any concerns about her? No, I think she was really good because he she babysitted my uh, my uh, half brother. You know, like a brother for me. Your half brother? Who's that now? Uh, it, no, it's not my half brother. It's like uh, I, I forget the name. The the son of my aunt. Cousin? Yes, my okay. cousin. Yes. Yeah. All right. Now, how affectionate was your girlfriend with your son? Well, she was affectionate with him. Uh, I, I need to be fair. Good. No, please do be fair. I mean, absolutely. Now, how did your son handle losing his mother, so to speak, to work? Uh, as I said, man, I think uh, I didn't uh, thought about uh, this way. I, I, I never stopped thinking about what you said. But uh, he developed this uh, screaming problem and he was really imperative at that time, you know. So he would start screaming when he wouldn't get what he wants, right? Yes, yes. Okay, I'm going to give you, you won't see this till the video comes out, but here's my imitation of your son and tens of millions of sons, maybe hundreds of millions of sons and daughters the world over, right? Okay. Mom goes back to work. Your kid doesn't know that. He just wakes up and people think, like when a kid screams, let's say he's thirsty, right? So a kid cries. He doesn't want water or juice, please don't give kids juice, and he doesn't want milk. What he wants is mom. Or dad, yes. if you're the primary caregiver, but usually it's mom, right? Okay. So here's my imitation of your son. I'm not going to scream at the top of my lungs, but it's something like this. Wah, 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 wah. Door opens, footsteps arrive, head positions itself over the crib, and your son says, who the fuck are you? <laughs> who yeah. are you? 
Like, imagine this. Imagine that you're sleeping in the bed with your girlfriend when you were still together, right? Okay. And you wake up in the middle of the night and you go around and she's kind of stirring and you, you cuddle and, 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 and you, you, you spoon her and, and you nibble her ear or whatever, right? And then you realize it's your aunt. Yes. Someone has replaced this essential woman with some other woman. Or maybe it's a stranger. And you'd be like, who the fuck are you? Right? Yes, yes. That's your son. He's got the smell. He's got the touch. He's got the sound of the voice. He's got the touch of the hair. He's got, like, he's patterned and brailed every conceivable aspect of his mother. And then it's like, wah, wah, wah. Knock, footsteps, open door. Who the fuck are you? Wouldn't you? (laughs) Wouldn't your heart pound if you woke up in the middle of the night and some strange woman was in your bed? who smelt of mothballs and menopause and failure because <laughs> she's a maid, right? <laughs> Wouldn't you like wake up and your heart would be pounding and like, what the fuck is going on? Yes. That's a baby. When mom decides she wants to go to an office rather than, I don't know, be a mom. Yes. Yes. Definitely. So he starts screaming, right? Right. Now, he doesn't know the phrase, who the fuck are you? So he just screams because that's what babies are saying. Yes. Because he thinks mom's dead. That's what babies think. Because the only reason that a mother would not be nurturing a child throughout the 150,000 years of our human evolution, the only reason, up until the last two generations, the only reason... A mother would not be nurturing her child was because a saber-toothed tiger had ripped her fucking head off. Yes. Mom's dead. Who the fuck are you? So, yeah, a little stressful, I think. Yes, yes, definitely. All right. And then you're like, well, we we can't give him what he wants, right? Even though you're taking a big allowance from your dad at the age of 22, you can't give a one-year-old what he desperately needs. Yes. Come on. Yeah. It's fine for me to take $2,000 a month from my dad, but you got to stay in that crib, kid. Otherwise, you're going to get spoiled. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. I I never really thought of in this way. Well, that's why you're calling, right? That's why you're calling. We all need these outside perspectives. I do and you do. It's not anything magical that I'm doing. It's just... And it takes courage to do this, and I really, really appreciate you doing it. All right. So, your son then goes to school, you said. Was it two he was going to school? Yes, yes. Was he younger than two when he first went? Uh, No, no. He was two years old old, uh, when uh, he went to school at first. Why did he go to school? Well, because uh, we broke up after after our relation our, our broken relationship. We we didn't get along well. I got depressed. I got depression uh, during the relationship, and we broke up. Then uh, 
she 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 uh, haven't had a a place to let him stay, so he puts in the school. And in Brazil, it's common to put uh, your son or your children in school at that age. You know. Yeah, no, I understand it. I mean, otherwise, who on earth is going to stab your president elect, right? Okay. Um, okay. So sorry, she. So you broke up. Why did she not have a place? Oh, she couldn't stay with her mom. No, uh, actually, her mother uh, really liked me, so uh, she wanted us to to be together, and she didn't uh, allow it my ex to go back to her home. Because uh, my uh, her mother w would uh, want to difficult the broken up for her, you know. <laughs> oh, so your mother wanted if... her mother wanted you guys to stay together. So your yes. ex didn't want to go home because her mother would say, "Why are you kicking out that?" No, 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 no. Uh, her mother uh, wanted to difficult things for her for to. Impossibilitate her to to broken up with me, you know. No, that doesn't clear it up. Can you just take one more run at that sentence? Sorry. Uh, like, let me let me rephrase. Yeah, thanks. Uh, her mother liked me. Yeah, yeah, okay? got that. So she wanted to difficult things for my ex girlfriend to to broken up with me. Okay, so, so I, I think I had it right the first time. So. She wanted you, your, your ex's mom wanted you guys to stay together. So she was yes. mad at her daughter for busting up the relationship, right? Yes. Okay. And, we, and so did she, kick, one, did she kick your ex out? No, no, no. Uh, because after one year of our relationship, we started to live together in a, another apartment. Oh, okay, okay. We leave my, my, uh, my ex-wife's mother's house, you know. So you had your own apartment with your ex and your son? Yes. Now, who was taking care of him then? I assume, were you still in school or working and, and your wife was, or sorry, your ex was working? Yes. So who was, was taking care of your son now? The, the same mate, you know. Oh, did but, she travel uh, to your new place? No, no. Uh, we, we let uh, him stay in my my home, my previously home, you know. Your ex's mom's home? Uh, yes, yes, yes. Wait, so did he then mostly lose contact with his mom at a year old? Um, kind of, yes, kind of. Well, how many hours a week would she see him? Uh, during the night. When she got back off work. Well, yeah, but doesn't he go to bed? Yes, yes. I mean, at that age, she's getting back from work at six. Doesn't he go to bed at seven or eight? No, no. Uh, he he went to bed like 9 p.m., 10 p.m. Oh. So she, would she see him every day then? Yes, yes. Every day. Hmm. But she wasn't there in the morning then, right? Yes. 
she left my son with the with the maid uh, when he was sleeping. You know. Yeah, so, I mean uh, it's a harsh phrase, but you know, if p paying for someone to take care of your kid is like paying for someone to sleep with you, it's like a whore mom or a whore dad. Yes, it it, it should be something you're doing, right? Yes, yes. So, okay, so your son is spending a year with his mom and his dad living in a separate place, right? Yes. Okay. And then he goes, and how is his behavior over this year, from year one to year two of his life? The same. The same. Screaming uh, and, and difficult and... Yes. And I imagine he was very tough to put to bed, right? Yes. Right, because... Yes. He doesn't know who the hell is going to be there when he wakes up, so it's kind of stressful, right? Oh, yes. I think so. No. So then at two, he goes to school, right? Yes, after we broke up. Right. So now, it's not just who the fuck are you, it's where the fuck am I? <laughs> yes. Right? Because now, not just his primary, now his primary caregiver changes. Like before, when you're... X went back to work, his environment stayed the same, but his primary caregiver changed. Now, his primary caregiver and his environment change. So basically, in his mind, I believe, it's like, okay, my parents are dead, and I've been kidnapped. <laughs> yes. And his behavior did what? Uh, yes, it stayed the same. Stayed the same. Wait, so you said that there were problems with aggression, though, but when did they start? Sorry? You said in your email to me, you said, oh. my son who is having aggressive issues in school. Oh, yes, of course. Yes. Uh, then uh, he develops uh, aggressive, uh, a aggressive behavior. Like what? Behavior. Well, how, how, how do you know? Uh, because the director of the school told me. But no, yeah. I, I get that. I'm sorry, I wasn't clear. What behaviors were classified as aggressive? Like punch uh, her, uh, his friends, you know. Uh, punch his friends? Yes. Oh, like your mom punching people? Yes, yes, kind of. All right, so he punches his friends. What else? He's screaming at the teacher and, and his friends as well. And how old is he now? He, he, he will be three years old uh, in 31 December. All right. Do you want my advice? Yes. You have two years to fix your son. Maybe two and a half. About oh. the age of... And this is... You understand. I'm no psychologist. It's all just my opinion, right? But around the age of five... Personality, like after the age of five, personality change. Personality changes are tough no matter what. But after the age of five, it becomes virtually impossible to change the personality of a child, right? Okay. So here's the question. Is there any conceivable way? Well, there is. Your family's wealthy, right? Or wealthier okay. than the average. So my advice to you is this. Whatever you're doing in life, stop it. If you're going to school... Drop out. If you're working, quit. Get hold of your son and parent that boy. Take him out of the orbit 
of school. Two, come on, that's way too young, in my opinion. Take him out of the orbit of people who are paid to care for him, because that's just not the same as a parental bond. I don't know as far as, like, is he still, does he still have a close relationship with the maid, or? Mm, No more. No more. Okay, so that's another rip out of his heart, right? You bond with people, they go. You bond with people, they go. You care about people, they leave you. You scream because you're frustrated and people ignore you. I mean, you, you couldn't have built the fire of your son's anger more effectively if you tried, in my opinion. So whatever you're doing in life for two years, you stop and you parent the living hell out of your boy. You give him eye contact, you give him skin contact, you take him places, you delight in his company, uh, you, you reason with him, you uh, respond to him, you, you give him some damn reason to trust the world that he's been brought into, right? Okay. Now, you can say, wow, it's two years of my life. It's like, well, you're a, well, you're not, you're 25, right? So you're 25. So yes. let's say that you live to 75, right? Okay. It's a long, it's a long fucking time, man. 50 years. Yes. Now, 50 years versus two years, well, two years is only 4% of 50 years. I know I can do this math on the fly with you because you're an engineer, right? So this is easy oh. peasy, right? So 4% <laughs> of your life is spent, rate, uh, is spent making the remaining 96% of your life a hell of a lot better. Because tell me this, man. You know this as well as I do. You probably know this way better than I do, um, Cassio. But what, what's going to happen? If nothing changes with your son, if he doesn't develop a bond, if he, if he doesn't find some way to curb this aggression, it's not going to happen in daycare, I believe. What's going to happen to him when he becomes a teenager? I know it's like it's a weird thing to look at a two-year-old, but imagine your two-year-old 10 times the size, right? Or five times the size or whatever, right? So if he stays this angry, he's going to get bigger and you're just going to get older. Yes. And at some point, he's going to be able to physically overpower you. And he's going to have a hell of a lot of reasons to be angry with you. Yes. Now, the prohibition against attacking parents that is built pretty deep into most of us who don't make Disney films may end up with him not attacking you and the white knighting that is built into men may have him not attack his mom but there's a lot of other people out there in society he can take out his anger on right yes and you don't have the right i believe to raise a boy in this manner and then turn him loose on society and i believe that the boy may well be a source of perpetual heartache for you for the next 50 years yeah. And then when you are spending year after year after year dealing with the mess, with the problems, with possibly the law enforcement, with, or maybe, you know, maybe he'll end up, uh, maybe he'll end up like you. And I don't mean to say that in a negative way, because there's lots about you that's admirable and good. You're, you're standing by your son, you're getting an education, you're calling into the show, you're listening to philosophy. So there's a lot that I admire. But let's just say the best case scenario, Cassio, is your son ends up going to clubs, drinking too much, having unprotected sex with a woman, and then becoming suicidal because he can't be a good father and a good husband. You don't want that for him, right? No. 
Definitely not. I mean, you're not a terrible guy, don't get me wrong. But okay. what you went through in this process, I doubt there's an enemy on this planet you hate enough to wish it on, right? Yes. So maybe he'll be okay in a way and he'll just end up clubbing and making bad decisions or maybe it'll be a lot worse. Maybe. Maybe he'll yes. grow up with hatred towards women. Maybe he'll grow up with uh, uh, hatred towards society. Maybe he'll grow up without human empathy. Maybe, I don't know. I mean, I don't know, right? But what I desperately don't want for you as I don't want for the other parents out there who have some possibility of turning this around because he's still only two. If he was 10, I'd be like, well... All you can do is manage, I believe, right? But what I don't want for you is for you to just kind of, and this is why you're calling, I think. I don't want you to just, I don't know if the word makes, trundle on. Just, you know how people do the, oh, I, got, I got this to do tomorrow and I, oh, then I've got to go to the dentist and, and oh, I've got my taxes to do and oh, I've got to call the plumber and, you know, like you just, right? These little, little things. You, just, you okay. just step on these tiny little lily pads of little things across an infinite ocean that's not infinite. And then things become irrevocable, irreversible. You're distracted by little things, as I am, as everyone is. You're distracted by little things. Life, as the old poem says, drips away in worries and headaches. You've got little things in your life that are constantly distracting you from the big, meaty, important stuff that is going to actually affect the rest of of your life and your son's life and the rest of his life and his children, you have a chance to shift, shift this shitty family dynamic that you've inherited, which I have a huge amount of sympathy for. And this can be a real gift for you. Because let's say you just continue on with what you want to do. And I, I know you don't, but let's say you did. What's okay. going to happen? Your son is not going to get better. His anger, his violence, is going to harden. It's going to harden like lava. Starts off kind of malleable, little little hot. But if it goes into the ocean, it turns into rock and you can't change it with your bare hands anymore. And right? you have something that can change right now. If you don't change it, then you're going to end up with crisis after crisis, after disappointment, after regret, after, oh, God, I wish I could go back. And take those two years and be a parent. And then I could have averted all of this mess that I'm dealing with now for the rest of my life. Every smoker who gets lung cancer sits there, looks in the mirror and says, God damn it. Why the fuck didn't I stop? Oh, stopping is tough. Yeah, lung cancer is pretty fucking tough. So you have the money. If you sit down with your family and say, listen, this is, this is a mess. And this is a mess that involves a little boy. Bad decisions have been made. I chose the wrong mom. You did, right? That's fair to say? Yeah. yeah. Yes. I chose the wrong mom at the wrong time. And she's not just the wrong mom like she doesn't really care or she's kind of distracted or she's kind of selfish or she's a little mean. She's the wrong mom like she's a feminist. So she's been indoctrinated into thinking that men are bad. Yes. You know, this is to take an extreme way, extreme example. This is like a Nazi raising a Jew or vice versa. You know, like this is not good. If she's, yes. you know, I, she, I know she says she's not an extreme, but... 
if you believe that there's such a thing as toxic masculinity, you, 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 can't, you can't be a good mom. You can't. You can't be a good mom. Yes. Of course. If, you're, if you hate women, you hate girls, you can't be a good dad if you have a daughter. You can't be a good dad if you have a son because it'll teach him to hate women and hate girls, right? Okay. So this bigotry, women get away with it and for reasons we don't have to get into here. But you have, if you sit down with your parents, because they'll have to, I assume you don't have a lot of savings, right? So they'll have to fund this to some degree. I don't know how, like how your ex is going to take it, I don't know. But uh, who, who knows, right? Depends how vindictive she is, right? She might just hurt your child despite you, despite men, despite the world, despite whatever misandric bullshit fantasies have been stuffed into a overly susceptible head. But you save your parents... This is like a 10 alarm fire. This is like crisis mode. My son is hardening into a violent, angry person. And we don't have much time. Every day that goes by, he gets harder and harder, I believe. Well, I I think the data bears me out, but you know, certainly look into it yourself. Every day he's getting harder and harder. He gets less and less mobility to change. And eventually he's just gonna be this angry Mars-like statue of aggression and insecurity and coldness. You know, maybe like yes, her mama. I mean, so all hands on deck. We've got to fix this. Now I'm going to need resources to fix this. You don't need a lot of money to be a parent. You don't. Okay. You don't need a lot of money to be a parent because you can live, I mean, you can live in one room and be a parent if you want. Yes. I'm not saying necessarily move in with your parents because I don't know that whole dynamic sounds kind of complicated or you can't move in with your parents because they split up or whatever, but you're having trouble with both your parents, so that might be kind of tough to manage being with your parents as well as trying to parent in a new way to your son, plus your parents will have their effect on your son and all that, so you probably could get by. I'm just off the top of my head here. Like, if you're home, can you live on what would be the American equivalent of $1,000 a month? Yes, definitely. Okay, so if you can live on $1,000 a month and you have two years, that's $24,000. That is not a lot of money to save your son, right? How much money might you have to spend on police, on bail, on uh, psychiatrists, on, on meds, on unwanted pregnancies, on possible drug addiction? I'm not trying to terrify you. I'm just, these are possibilities based upon what's happening. And you can really reduce those possibilities, I believe, for the low, low price of $24,000. That seems yeah. like a pretty good deal to me. Yes. Oh, man, I'm, I'm shocked. <laughs> I don't know what to say, man. I'm, well, t- I'm tell shocked. me what you think. I mean, I had a good old long speech there. And really, your son might be okay, right? It's a, it's a dice roll, right? But, I mean, I had a shitty childhood. I, I've never hit anyone in my life. Yeah. So where he's at, the screaming, the hitting, the defiance of authority, that's not good. That's a, I, think that's, I think that really qualifies as an emergency, and you cannot stumble your way through an emergency. You need a very decisive plan that is radically different than anything that came before. Yes, but the problem is that I, I don't have the right for it because the... The, the custody is with her, you know. What, do you not have shared custody? 
No. Why not? Uh, we we are in a process, you know. Uh, uh, we we are we are during the divorce process in Brazil. Wait, are you, you divorcing know? because you were common law married? No, no. Uh, but but uh, it's like it, you know, because I live it with her and and, and stuff. So uh, the justice needs to decide. Like uh, the value of the 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 pension, you know, the the child, co the uh, yes, the the payment of the child, you know, and the uh, share custody. Right. So she has custody while you're trying to work out custody, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. That's it. Do you think that if you bring to her this kind of information that she might also agree that it's an emergency. See, the problem is if she's a feminist, she's going to say, well, that's just boys. That's just male nature. You can't change it. Of course he's aggressive. Of course he's violent. That's just men. Right? So, so do you think that she might... Uh, she might have the possibility of saying, yeah, it's an emergency. Listen, if you want to step up, uh, you know, I'd rather him be with you than in school. Oh man, uh, let me tell you something. After I discovered the, this problem, I I sent her uh, the the one video of you, you know, uh, that one that you explained the the problems with uh, childs uh, who was raised by who is raised by single mothers, you know, and she was totally indifferent. Uh, with this and I don't know man I don't I don't think she would Wait, agree with that what do you mean she was totally different what do you mean no she was totally indifferent oh okay she, she didn't believe you you know she didn't believe in the the statistics she didn't believe that oh she just uh, doesn't feel that it's true so she could ignore reality yes yeah, she, she didn't feel that the father uh, need needs to have a role but would she, would she, like, if, if you, like, let's say you didn't say anything like, I have to save my child from the horrors of blah, 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 or I'm worried, or, I'm terrified, but just like, I'd really like to take two years off and be a full-time parent. Would she, I mean, she, would she say you can't? Or, now, it doesn't mean you can't share time with her. It doesn't mean that she can't ever see him, right? It just means that you would be available on a full-time basis to take care of your son. And and he would go to you rather than to school. Oh man, I I don't know. I, I, I need I need to I need to talk to her, but Well no, first of all you need to figure out what you want. Because you can't yes. negotiate from a position that's foggy, right? Yes, but she's really stubborn, you know. Yeah, I think you may have that in common. <laughs> yeah. Would you be willing? And listen, this is just a conversation, right? You can change your mind okay. after we finish talking. But would you be willing, if you had the resources, would you be willing to, and if you could have your son full-time for two years, would, that, would you do it? Yes, yes, of course. Right. <laughs> would you want to do it? Yes, yes. 
Okay, so now you know what you want. On a scale of 1 to 10, how important do you think it is that you do it? 10? It's my, my son's life. Right. I agree, for what it's worth. Now, how far are you willing to go to achieve it? That's always the big question when it comes to desire. How far are you willing to go to achieve it? As far as I, I, as I can, you know. Right. As far as then, as... then what you need to do is sit down and talk to a lawyer. Well, I'm sure you already are, right? And just say, listen, I got this radical yes. plan. My son's having real behavioral issues, and I want to take two years off and just be a parent. You know, my wife is going to continue, or my girlfriend is going to, my ex, whatever the terms, is going to continue to work. She can have shared custody if she wants, uh, but I really do want to be there. And listen, it's going to be powerful stuff because your son is in school for what, five, six hours a day? Yes. Right. Six hours. So if he's with you, rather than the where am I, who's here, who are you situation, if he's with you on a consistent basis, that's a lot of bonding time, man. That's a lot of connection time. That's a lot of eye contact time. That's a lot of fun time. Yes. And it will really prepare you. See, here's the thing, too. You say that you want a regular old family and you want to be a father in a more organized way, right? Yes. Okay. I want that for you, too. And the reason why I think you should take this time and be with your son as much as you humanly can is this reason. Let's say you do have some dysfunctional, difficult, oppositional, defiant aggressive, potentially violent son, right? Okay. Who's going to want to marry you? Yes. Right? Okay. What woman is going to say, you know, well, that guy, man, yeah, he's a great guy. I really like Cassio, but whew, signing on to that little hell boy, that's a, that's a bridge too far for old mama here, right? Whereas if yes. you have a boy who loves you, who is reasonable, who you can negotiate with and so on, You'll still be, it'll still be a strike to some degree, but not nearly as much of a strike as, you know, do you want to sign on for a kid who's going to end up on the Dr. Phil show? Yes. So that's a really good investment for you. Just your future dateability. I've known parents, man. I don't know if you know parents like this, man, but I've known parents with difficult kids, like really difficult kids. Oh, my God. It never bloody ends. It's one yes. goddamn thing after another, one chaos, one mess, phone calls in the middle of the night, cars going missing, money going missing, property going missing, uh, calls from the cops and, and uh, bailouts. And again, I'm not trying to say this is, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. But those people, especially if they're not married, if they're married, it's tough enough on the marriage. But if those people, they don't have time to date. They don't have resources to date. They can't go out and have fun. Their whole life is just unease and, and, and crisis and, and problems. And even if it's nothing that dramatic, again, even if he just ends up kind of like you, well, you know, your son's out clubbing when he gets older and he's having sex with women and it could be unprotected. And, uh, you know, who are you to say? Because you did it with his mom and, you know, you can't say he was a mistake. And it's, oh, it's just such a mess to try and fix things later. There's an old, an old saying that says, 
stupid comparison, but hopefully it'll make sense. Yes. So back in yes. the, like when I was designing software and running a, the R&D wing of a software company, everybody said, oh, let's just start the software, let's just build it. We've got the spec, let's just go, right? We didn't, we didn't plan enough. And it became very quickly evident, and the, the, the data is pretty clear on this. In, in software, if you solve a problem early on, like you figure out a spec early on and the, you, you hammer out the details and the differences, it's 10 times easier. It saves 10 times as much time and money as trying to do it later. I mean, it's much more so with parenting. If you get things right for the first five years, it's pretty smooth sailing. It's pretty easy. It's pretty easy. And as you know, I was home with my daughter for the first five years, I'm still home and, and uh, so on. And it, it's easy and it's fun and I'm, I'm proud of her every day and I love the way she interacts with people and I'm proud of the contributions she makes to adult conversations and she is wickedly funny and has taught me how to dab. And anyway, I won't bore you with all of the great things about all of that, but it's it's pretty easy now. I mean, I'm sure there'll be some excitement in, in, in the teenage years, but with the right foundation, you know, if, if there's a the right foundation, you can get a lot of rocket blasts without everything falling apart. So if, if you really want this and it's a 10, then you find a way to make it happen. And uh, if you have to be a little pushy, well, you know, if, if you... Uh, you go camping with someone who's a smoker and you throw out all their cigarettes or break them in two or stuff them into a big pile of bear shit. It's like, yeah, they'll be mad at you. And then two weeks later, when you come back, they'll have gone through their nicotine withdrawal. And you know what they're going to say? <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. Does it I'm sound like a plan? I'm really shocked, Stefan. Oh Why? I'm shocked. Tell me why. I I, I I didn't know that problem was so so deep like this, you know. And please please understand, I'm again I'm no psychologist, I don't know. I don't know. But given the downside, given the negatives can be so extreme and you wanna be a dad anyway, I mean, if you can do it over the next two years, boy, wouldn't you wanna? Yeah. But you need yes. to, yeah, read up on this stuff for sure. I mean, oppositional defiant disorder, uh, uh, problems with aggression. Jordan Peterson's got some good stuff on this, on how aggression is very tough to remediate later on in life. But yeah, I, I in my, again, admittedly, obviously, amateur opinion, yeah, it's just an emergency. And you have the resources to deal with it. And I think you'll really kick yourself if you don't. Yes, I think I think you are right. You are right. All right. Will you will you keep me posted about about how it goes? Yeah. Yes, I will definitely. Was, was it a useful chat for you? Yes, definitely. Good. Well, um, thanks again so much. Uh, you know, for those who don't open their hearts and their lives and their minds up in this way, uh, but who benefit from it, I, I hope that you have as much respect as I do for the people who come on this show and talk about these difficulties. There's so much that unites us across lands, across countries, uh, across cultures even. And these kinds of conversations are so important in, in helping us realize that in our troubles, we're not alone. 
you know, solutions were not alone. And um, there are people out there facing struggles like you, like me. And I really respect and, and, and honor and deeply appreciate your, your confidence in, in talking about these things with me, uh, Cassie. I really, I really do. And thank you so much for your time. Okay, Stefan, thank you so much for for this conversation. It really is it it really opened my eyes, you know. Good. I'm glad. Well, keep me posted, and uh, I'll talk to you soon. Okay. Thank you, Stefan. Bye.